0: Um, and so so you kind of know what I'm talking about when I say strong-willed. And so um, strong-willed kids, I've like read lots of books, I've read lots of blogs, talked to lots of moms who have kids that are similar to mine. And what, where I think I would fall with it is um, strong-willed kids are kids who want strongly, they work strongly, and they feel strongly. Um, and so those are all really great things, or they have potential to be really great things. Um, but if we were all in here because our kids w- are doing all these things really well we wouldn't be talking about this probably mm-hmm. and so so the negative connotation that comes with strong stronghold kids kind of comes from that spectrum of compliant to defiant and um, so if you have a kid who strongly wants and strongly works and strongly feels um that is defiant Then it means that they are strongly wanting something different than what you want for them as their parent um maybe even in some cases or most cases different than what God wants for them um and so like I said those are all really great things like somebody who strongly wants something can be goal-oriented and driven somebody who works strongly is you know is um Determined to do things, and somebody who strongly feels, loves well, and cares well, and those are really great things. Um, but when a kid wants something really strongly, and then they're also working for that really hard, and um, they feel really strongly about it, it can just be tough as parents. Um, and so, our, um, our oldest falls into that category, and so I'd love to find out from y'all. Um, if you're in here you probably have a kid that you think falls into that and um, if this is like your oldest your first-born kid that you think is strong will you raise hand? Okay, hands down and second and hands down and third or more um, and some of you maybe raised your hand more than once and that's okay we had some of those in the last group too and that's not necessarily unusual um, and then I want to find out kind of what the ages are that we're looking at so, um, if your strong little kid is two or younger, raise your hand. Okay, um, and then three, four, five or older. Okay, great. So, uh, so we kind of have a, a, a good spectrum. So, I'm going to try to hit on all of those, the, all of those ages, um, to make sure uh, everybody feels like something applies to them. But, um, like I said, my oldest um, is almost nine, and about. 15 months is when we noticed that he just was not as correctable as his peers. Um, and then when we tried to correct him on things, it was just mess everywhere. Like just big tantrums, big things. Um, and so that has grown with him. Like it's changed over the years. It's looked different. Um, but we find ourselves really just engaged in the battle of those wants with him a lot. And, um, all kids will have moments that look like that. Like, my most compliant kid has moments where I'm like, why are you fighting me on this? So like, we have, like, they all have strong moments, and especially in that age of like two or three, that can, it can really have, you know, it can be evident, then, and then it can kind of level out, level out at four, or it can stick with them. Like I said, it, it can grow with them into adulthood and in that's all um, right. But, um, that has looked a lot of different ways. Um, we've had battles with him over, over um, bedtime, over nap time, over food, over tone that he uses, over words. And those are mostly as he's gotten older. But um, in that age, like that two to five age range, um, we just had a lot of different things that I think a lot of, of parents struggle with. Um, and we ha- I will say this. We have noticed it. It's mostly evident at home. Like he is able to perform well at school. He's able to perform well at church on sports teams. Um, And so for us, it has mostly been, it's a parenting family thing and has not been evident everywhere else. Um, But um, for us, the challenges have been that it's just exhausting um, to have these these battles that we're fighting, you know, day in and day out um, for weeks on end at times. Um, so we're just we get really tired and I will say it's it looks different now it was extremely exhausting in the preschool years um, so one is that we were exhausted two is that it was really easy to compare him to more compliant kids Um within our community group, we have five families all of us have firstborn boys and he is the only one who's kind of this strong old defiant kid all the others were more of the compliant uh, people pleasing, typical firstborn boys, and so um, so we would go and hang out and um, just it was so easy to compare him because we were all together so much. Um, and then also in our family, he's the oldest grandchild on both sides. But then there are two boys; there's a boy on each side. They're cousins. Um, that are two months and four months, so they're all kind of the same age. But they're but that was kind of the age span at that time. And they were both compliant. Um, well-behaved uh, children. And so time with the extended family was hard because it was like, well, why is Luke doing that when Hudson's doing that? Or, um, you know, just little things, especially with my in-laws. Like that was, because like with my mom, I'm like, okay, he's just being that. But like, I just felt extra under the microscope there, which is on me, not on them. Um, and so that was just stressful, you know, to be comparing them, um, and, it was, and it was really easy to do that and be discouraged and third is I was often embarrassed um, just with the way he would behave out in public or with family or with our community group and friends and fourth I felt like my parenting skills were being judged like with him being our oldest like we're trying every, like everything we need like we're figuring out how to be parents on this kid who's not being parented the way other kids around us are like he's not following the rules or he's not doing the things that other kids are doing um, so it's like, well, do you not sing? Like, do you not come in time out? Like, people would question, like, and they're trying to be helpful, you know, some of the time. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and so, so some of it was probably some true judgment and some of it was perceived on my part. Um, but, yeah, that was a huge challenge was just that we felt that way a lot. Me more than my husband because I think more about what other people think than he thinks. Um, and then the last one was just fear and anxiety over his safety. Um, I felt like if I would put a boundary in place for his protection, like, hey, don't go in the street, I felt like he maybe wouldn't have even thought about that. And so I gave him a boundary and said, so then he wants to kind of push it, which would make me freak out. Because I'm like, well, I need to equip him to know what he shouldn't do. But by giving him that knowledge, he may mess with me a little bit on that. Like he might, you know, um, not have a full understanding of that consequence. Um, that has gotten better. So if you have a kid in that two to five age range that's doing that. It's gotten better for us as Luke has gotten older and he really does understand consequences better. Like, oh, if I go on the street, I'm going to get hit by a car and that's not going to be good. Um, And so, he understands that better but for a while, it was like his impulsiveness um, with this defiance was just awful. Um, And so, I have lots of fear and anxiety over that and the choices he was going to make. Or even my lack of being able to control everything, if I'm honest. Um, And so those were kind of the challenges that we faced. Um, And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna tell you why we have hope, which is kind of the big picture, like we have a hope, (laughs) Um, and then I'm gonna tell you how we cope, because the the big picture is awesome and it's true, but sometimes when you're in that moment in the day, you kind of just need to know how to cope with it, um, with still knowing the hope we have in the big picture. So the hope we have, is I know from God's word that Luke is designed by him and made for a good purpose. Psalm so on 139, 14, he's fearfully and wonderfully made in everything that God makes us good. And um, there are times that I've looked at it and I'm like I've felt the opposite of that, honestly, at times. But if I'm if I can keep that in the forefront of my mind, then I know that it's true. And I, I should I should throw this in. He's actually a really fun kid, he's very playful, he has like he makes up the best jokes, he's very creative, he's super, super fun, there are lots of great things about him, so I, I, if you want to hear more about the great things, come find me afterwards, just know that they're there, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer with all the negative things, um, but I do want to equip you if you have some things that are kind of on this negative end of things, but he, he is, we, we really like him a lot, um, <laughs> a lot of the time, um, but yeah, so he's made and designed by God, and he's good. Um, second, he's a gift to us from the Lord, and all of God's gifts are good. And we know that from Scripture as well, from Psalm 127, 3, and John, James 117. I have a handout I'm going to give you all at the end that has that on there. Um, but we know that's, that's true. Third, I, I have a job and a role as his mom, but my job is not to change his heart. God alone changes hearts. And so the scripture I have for that is Ezekiel 36, 26. It says, I will give you a new heart and a new spirit. I will put it within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And that sounds kind of harsh to say. My six-year-old had a heart of stone. But there were times it was like, you are being so defiant. And I do not understand what's going on with you. I remember one time just looking at his face. And saying, Why are you choosing this right now? Like, why are you making this choice? And he was old enough to be able to answer me back and he goes, Because you told me to do something I didn't want to do. I was like, Well, okay. I mean, thanks for being honest. You know? Um, and so um, but that's just sin nature, right? Is that we don't we don't always wanna do what God wants us to do. Our kids don't always want to do what, what they don't always want to do what we want them to do. Um but we can't change that. We can train it, we can model it, we can do different we can we have a role, but God changes those hearts. And that's where I find hope because if my hope was in my parenting, there would be no hope. Um my hope is in what the Lord can do to change him. Um fourth is Philippians one six, which says, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. Um Luke does have a relationship with the Lord, um, which I'm so thankful for. Um, but even if your, if your child has not made that choice yet, um, they're not done yet. Like, the Lord is still working. The Lord's still working on you. The Lord's still working on them. They're not done yet. So don't, so it's tempting to go, oh, they're in the bad kid category or whatever. Um, but don't do that because he's not done yet. So that's where our our hope comes from, our big picture of hope. And I've heard people say before, oh, strong-willed kids are really awesome adults. And I think um, that's false hope, guys. That's false hope. Because you think about, like, the leaders in our world that would not be considered good, and they're not not strong-willed. You know, they are driven, they are are goal-oriented, they want what they want. Um, And so we can't hang our hope on thinking, oh, when they grow up they're gonna be really awesome. Now I can tell you that the Lord can take somebody who wants strong wants strongly and works strongly and feels strongly. He can take those things, and those can be powerful tools for him. But he alone is going to do that, and that is where our hope is: is in the transforming power of a relationship with Christ. Um, and I, that makes me more excited than thinking, "Oh, when he's eighteen, he's going to be awesome." You know. Um, and so, just knowing, just having that power behind it, that is hope. Um, so, those are all great and true and real. Um, but I also know that in the day to day, we need to know how to cope. So I'm going to tell you some of the things that that we try to do in our family, Um, and particularly my husband and I as parents. Um, First thing, take deceiving thoughts captive and turn them back over to the Lord. Thoughts like, there's something wrong with how God made my child. Um, He can't ever change, or I'm failing as a parent. Any of the things that you find running through your mind that are not from the Lord, those are the thoughts that you just say, Lord, take them away. Um, that those are not effective in your parenting <clears throat> um, anything that is stealing your hope that we just talked about is something to turn back over now if you're consistently having some things where you're like you can't figure it out it seems like things are crazy all the time it is not a bad idea to loop in your pediatrician and say hey we're seeing this this and this loop in your community check around and see like we have definitely had conversations with our pediatrician and said, is this normal, is this normal? Like, are these things okay um, and that has been helpful, it's been, it's been reassuring in a lot of ways um, and it's, it's helpful in a lot of ways so don't forget that piece of things it doesn't hurt to, to check with them um, but, um, but if those are if you have lies going through your mind turn those over um, to the Lord two, don't compare them to other kids um, and don't compare your battles as a parent to other parents' battles Oh go, oh, well, they just want to wear a blue shirt not a red shirt. My kid is doing this. You know, like, um, don't compare what what y'all are doing. Everybody has their own job, their own set of things. And I was thinking about this, um, so if you were to go to my house right now and go up to Luke's room, there's mess everywhere. Like, you wouldn't be able to walk in. There are papers on the floor. There are probably some Legos out. There are clothes everywhere. It's beds unmade, wet towel on the floor from the shower last night. Um. If you went to my daughter Lila's room, who is six, her bed is maybe made. There's not going to be stuff on the floor. Stuff's put away. Um, and a while back, I was like, I know I'm raising them the same way. Like, why Why is her room, you know, always looking nice and, and his is always a mess? And, like, we've done the same methods of, like, here's your checklist and do all these things. Um, and she is my, my more compliant one. But one day I was doing laundry, and I was like, where are all of her clothes? Like, I have not folded a piece of Lila's clothes in a while. And so, I go and like, and y'all, she has pushed, like, you walk in her room, it looks great. She's pushed everything under her mat. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling out, like, underwear and jaws and all this stuff, and I was like, what? And then her closet, she has like, those sliding doors, and I almost can't get the, the door to slide open because all of her stuff in there. And I just think that's such a picture of the compliant and defiant because we all have junk. They all, every little kid, like we're all sinners. We all have it. Some of us just hide it better. And if you think about it, I can at least go to the bathroom and go, hey, your child's on the floor. You yeah, know, that's a problem, right? But with Lila, it's like, I'm gonna dig a little bit. And sometimes because it looks good, I don't want to dig. I'm like, oh, I'll do it on a different day. And so every parent is parenting their kids through and through sin nature it just looks different um, and so in some ways I'm thankful because I can go yeah his attitude stinks you know or his language stinks or whatever it is um, and I can I can easily see how we need to train that it's not an easy process to train him but I can figure it out and with her it's just a little different um, but it's all there and so um, when you when you're around compliant kids just remember they have we all need Jesus like, everybody needs him, and so um, so be, t- be despite that temptation. Three, um, my husband and I have to make sure that we're on the same page as to what our parenting goals are um, and, like, what we're working on. And that's a good rule for all kids and all parents, um, but particularly with the strong little ones, you don't want to backtrack. Like, you don't want to mess up something um, or undo something that your spouse has been working on. And so, if you can sit down at the beginning of the week and say, "Hey, we're working on this, this, and this, and the way we're going to do that, and the consequences we're going to have for that," um, that's that's how we're going to do it. And it's so much better. It's so much easier. And then you get to celebrate too when you start to see some growth in those areas. It's like, okay, okay, yeah, the plan, the plan is working, um, or it's not. And what do we need to try next? Um, but teamwork with your spouse is really important. Um. Fourth, if you're in a community group or if you have like-minded moms that you hang out with, loop them in on your struggles. Make sure people know um, what your parenting and what your goals are and you know how it's going and have people you can vent to if you're having kind of a crazy day because um, the Lord puts those people in our lives to help support us and to give us insight sometimes. Um, I think I mentioned that you know, we have the one out of the five of the firstborn boys and he's the one. but now there are 17 kids in our community group and every family has a little bit of it somewhere and so um, so it's helpful you know for us to be able to look back or see hear what people are doing um, one of the best things about the uh, nest for me was, it was back when it was building blocks I was the first time I connected with other moms that had strong little kids and it was like okay but there's a room full of y'all Okay. We can all nod together. Like we're we're, we're all kind of facing tough things. Um, so that's important. Five. Be consistent, firm, and clear with your expectations and your consequences. Again, good general rule for parenting. For parenting. But then also with the strong ones, if they see just a little bit of weakness in your plan, or if they see some inconsistency, you're way backtracking, it's hard to gain that ground back. Um, six. This is one that I kind of realized recently. Um, but in that battle of wants, where we're talking about, like, I want this as the mom, and he wants this as the kid, and we're going to, you know, figure it out, I have to evaluate my wants and figure out what my motives are. Because there are times that I'm wanting things that may not be necessary, um, or they could be adjusted to where our family is more harmonious, which is really what I want. Like, I really want things to, to function well. Um, and so an example of that is just dinner time. Um, when our kids were little, I feel like vegetables are just kind of like the the, the bowel that everybody has. Um, and so I think originally I would have said, here's here's your plate of food. It has, you know, chicken, peas, and pasta on it. Um, and I want you to eat the peas because I'm the mom and I made this for you and I said to eat them, okay? I didn't say it like that. but That was my thinking in my head. I thought my want was for him to eat those peas. Um, when really my want is for him to eat healthy food, to appreciate the person who made the food for him, and I want our family time at the end of the day at dinner to be a reconnecting time. Those are my bigger wants on this side. So I'm gonna adjust that peas expectation to where we can get the bigger wants. And um, We've had seasons where my kids, the only vegetable they would eat would be carrots. Great, eat carrots every day, I don't care, okay? <laughs> We're just not gonna fight over it. They've, Eating green beans every day because they'll eat them and they don't fight me on it and I don't care because they're eating healthy things. And they're eating vegetables and we get to actually not have a battle at dinner. Um, salad I mean, all those things. Um, that's just what we do. And that families will do things different ways and they're Everybody has their own thing that works for them. That's what worked for us. Um, but those once can. He, all of the wants that we have can be evaluated that way. Now, I have a friend whose daughter is strong-willed and she does not, the little girl does not like to be in her car seat when they're driving. That's not a want that gets to be adjusted. Like, mm-hmm. you mom figured out, or you don't go anywhere until that kid can be trained to stay in her car seat. Um, because you can't have enough walking around in the car mm-hmm. while you're driving, which is what she would do. Like, she would do that. Um, and so, evaluate those wants. Evaluate them with your husband talk about with your community group say is this an unrealistic expectation that I have that we're doing is this worth the battle because um, some of them are and some of them aren't and you're not losing and you're not weak for adjusting your wants with that. Um, let's see. Um, I think I already said this but kids, seven is connect with other parents of strong willed kids just so you can nod and say yeah, we get it and you feel kind of like there's a safe zone there where there's not judgment. Um, eight, sometimes when you feel yourself most frustrated and just kind of at the end of your rope is when you need to just hug that kid, sit down, read a book, go outside, change your scenery and be okay with that and that's not weakness either. That's just saying, I'm mom and we're doing this and, um, and we're gonna reconnect and then we'll, we'll figure out this struggle later because sometimes they're just tired, you know, and they and if they're fighting you just as hard as you're fighting them, and I say fighting you, what know, I mean, like just engaged in that you know, that desire of wants, okay, then they're tired too, and so it's okay to kind of settle down for a little while um, and reconnect. Nine, memorize scripture that reminds you of that big picture hope. Um, so that when you're in those moments of things feeling kind of crazy that you can go back to it and say okay but I know that God made him this way for a reason or I know that God um, made me his mom for a reason Um, and so just if you have that scripture readily available um, then it can pop into your mind and it can do its job Um, 10 and this is really important it's just praying praying for yourself, praying for your family and for your kids Pick out scripture that, um, that applies to whatever you're dealing with with your child at that point. Um, that is heal 36. That's when I prayed over Luke so much. Um, Lord, just change his heart. Just do the work that you, need, that you alone can do. Um, but pray, because when we pray, we're aligning ourselves with the Lord and we are most faithful in our parenting. We are aligned with what he has for us. Um, and so it can sometimes seem like you're checking the box or you're having to carve out time to do that but do it i mean do what it takes to carve out the time to do it put things up around your house that remind you to pray for certain things um because that is going to be your the most powerful tool with parenting all kids not just strong ones um and then the last one that i've been saying already the whole time is just keep the big picture in mind um at the end of the day um we're at the beginning of the day. You know, just remind yourself, um, you know, our theme this year is harvest, and it is a process to get to get from that seed to crops, and we don't know what God's timeline is. We don't know what the whole process is, but we know that it's our job to be faithful. Um, and we know that it's gonna be hard work. We know we're not gonna see direct results all the time, um, immediately. But we do know that promised harvest is good um, and that we can trust him with it. And so, just remind each other of that. Have people remind you of that. It's like, tell your community, I need to remind us that this is a process and it is hard, um, but that God has promised um, good things at the end or whatever whatever he has planned. And it may look differently than what we think, um, but we can trust him. So, that is all I have prepared. And do you all have any questions? Yeah. So um, I'm old son,
1: but he's beginning to get more physical. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not quite sure. Like, for example, we were Hobby Lobby, and so he was asking me, and I was like, hey, you've lost the privilege of being able to walk around by yourself, Mm you have to hold my hand. Well, then he's, like, punching my hand, biting my hand, like, started kicking me, which is, I mean, you know, one thing, if he's doing it to a pillow, but he was jerking me which mean I'm like I was a little lost in how to respond. I was like I have my other son, he's three, you know, my stuff in my hand yeah. and he's acting out or like there's moments where he gets so intense with how he feels that he's mm-hmm. just like screaming. And mostly that's at home, thankfully. Mm-hmm. But it's like I don't how do you handle that? I mean like what would be your recommendation in like the physical yeah. aspect? Yeah.
0: Um, I have a couple, couple thoughts on that. So, um, the physical aspect of it, I think you and your husband figure out what the consequence is for that. And you just start training that, whatever that discipline is, um, whether it's time out or loss of privilege He's five, so he would understand loss of privilege. Um, I've, I haven't had um, a child that does that as much, but I've, I've understood people say that probably spanking for physical acting out is not a good idea. Um, and so um, so figure out what the consequence is that is most effective for him um, and then just be consistent with that Um, and I would say talk about it a lot too because being five he can understand a lot um, and talk about that and how it's not appropriate and um, that's not what we're gonna do and then you have to do whatever it takes to be consistent so if that means not going to Hobby Lobby with your kids yeah. Um, because you can't it's hard to be consistent out of store and mm-hmm. um, then for a season that might be what you have to do um, and I say that because um, while I didn't have the physical stuff out in public I did have a runner Like he would run and I was like I can't be at the Arboretum wondering if he's gonna run off into Um, and I, we, so I have to be somewhere where I can parent that well um, and so that means that we just don't get to go do that like a lot of other families get to go do. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah.
1: So what about the emotional aspect then? Because yeah. it's like, I want him to be able to express himself, I don't want to discourage <laughs> that, but at the same yeah. time, the, it, I mean, it's almost like rage. Yeah. You know, And it's it's more, like, most of these things are just uh, just now starting, and yeah. so it's like, I want to mm-hmm. nip into the bud before it yeah. becomes unmanageable. Um, but you know, like just the intense emotion I'm like.
0: Uh, I would say help him put words with what he's feeling okay. so that he can say, I, I, I'm really mad about that. Or help him use his words to express those things. And then we have just ways that our kids can get physical. Like if, if he's mad, I'll say go jump on the trampoline. Okay. Or go run, okay. I'll, I'll say, I can tell you're mad I think you need to get some energy out go do this okay. I and mean, that's been helpful for us but just for them to be able to put words with it because they do i think like luke feels so strongly about things and it it honestly makes our house feel kind of crazy at times and now that he's eight almost nine i can say you know the, the response you're having right now is making our family feel kind of crazy and he understands those words um but like, I think it, the, the more that they can have words to explain what they're thinking and you can understand um, what's going on and why they're upset or you can say, hey, you're acting mad. Can you tell me like, what you're mad about? Or if he's mad at you, you can say, I I get it. Like, I wouldn't want to lose my screen time or I wouldn't want that either. Yeah. Um... But you can't yell at mommy or you, yeah. but you can, it's, it's important, I think, to give them something they can go do to kind of get that rage out. So having an
1: activity them. that they can go do to yes. get out.
0: Because that's my thing. I'm like, okay, how do you funnel this? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of it I feel like is kind of a yeah. boy, too, just a physical aspect. I find that with my boys, because we have boy girl boy, um, they just... It helps them so much to get energy out. Yeah. Um, I mean, he even said that now. He's so like, I just have so much energy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and okay. I'll okay. say, I'll say, do you one of those little mini trampolines? Yeah. And I'll like, fire in them, like a hundred jumps on the trampoline, and then we're gonna talk some more. Okay. Um, and that kind of helps. Or I can, I'll say, go run down to the stop sign and back. Yeah. Um, so things like that yeah. have helped great. us. And um, anybody yeah. else that had, like,
2: maybe has a similar. Oh, right, Lindsay. Yeah. So I have a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And Amy and I have talked a lot about this topic, but he has rage, or he has. We're just on the other end of it. And it took three years, so for perspective, we'll stay the course. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're out of it, but we did have that. So he would jump things at the wall. He would stomp. He would slam anything that was in his hands. He would destroy it. So like we gave appropriate things where he could shred like a magazine. So he had that idea nice that he could hit a pillow with as much force mm-hmm. as you want. You cannot damage our house. Yes. You cannot damage others. You cannot damage our property. So, like, very yes. clear. These are yeses, these are no's. Mm-hmm. And if you choose a no, like, you're still gonna have a consequence for that as well. Mm-hmm. So, just real simple. Um, and, like, just the idea of you have to figure out how to make yourself calm before we can, like, we couldn't say, give me words for that right now. He would just be like, Shut up! Like whatever the yes. worst word you could think yeah. of. Yeah, so no. Yeah, would mm-hmm. be like that's all. Awesome. It's reactionary. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like we can't have a conversation until you calm down. Mm-hmm. so also like letting all the anger come out of your fingers and go into the floor right now because he just gets like er like mm-hmm. the face, everything is really intense. So we'll say that like let the anger just fly out of your fingertips into the floor right now. And that kind of some of that coaching it's, has helped us. Mm-hmm. So, but it's true. Like you can't do that at Hobby Lobby. So you can do the angry thing there with your yeah. fingers, but you can't shred paper right now. I don't
0: have it, yeah. so. and you can't shred theirs. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have to the stores a lot.
3: Of times. Yeah, yeah. Like, just, yeah. We, we're in the middle of that. Like I'm like, oh, it's starting, and we just thought, I have to stop, and we go to the car. Like, and then it's like this. <laughs> you know, like yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. So.
2: But we run run laps as well and after um, like he'll just run up and down our street. Our neighbors know he's probably <laughs> serving some time. <laughs> but he'll come back and be like, All right, mm-hmm. and you're a different child. Like yeah. you're mm-hmm. able to engage with me now and have that conversation. And at five I think they're getting close. Yeah. So it gets better. Well and he's starting to communicate it's just yeah.
1: although all those ideas for punching a pillow, mm-hmm. or ripping okay. a paper. No, no that's great. Mm-hmm.
4: I love it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What happens when I'm sure we've all been in those moments where we put our foot down, mm-hmm. you're gonna finish your meal, and it might not be like after about ten minutes of the meal. Like, I could have given this up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but my child will sit there till mm-hmm. ten o'clock at night. He will just sit there because he's made his mind up. And then you're like, well, A, sleep's now more important than the food. Mm-hmm. But where do you give up my my husband calls him drug dealer moments. He's like, if I give up now, he's going to be a drug dealer. And it's an exaggeration. But <laughs> yeah. We feel like if you make him give up now, uh-huh. and when do you weigh, okay, because I feel like you're becoming inconsistent when you give up. And you're like, this is probably not that important. But in their head, they've won. And we don't want to let them win. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where those boundaries are. Because once you put your foot down, you kind of got stuck with it. It might you know, be silly. But I just, that's where we struggle. And it's yeah. become so consuming where the night's over with and yeah.
0: Well I, okay, so you're you're absolutely right. Once you put your foot down, you kinda have to do that so you have to be careful where you put your foot. Um, and so what we've done with meals um is we have a timer. and we don't mean it every night, but we'll say okay, when the timer goes off, dinner is done, and if you go to bed and the Chinese family, I'm so sorry. How old is your how old is your child? Okay. Um you can figure out, you can decide if that works for him. If you're having him sit at the table anyway, then the timer might just be the same. But That way you're still kind of in control, or you're still in control. Yeah. Um, and you're getting the same result based on that on time. Okay. Um, but timer, the timer's been super effective for us. Um, I feel like our kids, the reason we started is because they were kind of dilly-dallying and like you know, playing with their food and talking and stuff. It's like, we're not going to do this all night. Our family's not going to, it's not going to be a, a, an hour long or two hour long battle. Um, we've done things before where we've served the same food again next morning for breakfast. That hasn't been super effective for us. Um, and so we just kind of figure out what worked for us and the timer has worked really well. you Yeah. Like, what I'll do is I'll figure out either um, maybe a few minutes after my husband and I are done, like maybe they have five minutes after we're done eating, they have five minutes to finish up. Or if I have a time in my head that I need them in bed, so I'm trying to go somewhere, or we're trying, to, we have something scheduled, then I'll say, okay, you have 20 minutes to eat dinner. When the timer goes off, we're done. And um, no and snacks it's, snacks. and it's been, yeah, no snacks. And I'm sorry if you're gonna really be hungry. Um, but that's that's what we do. Okay. And the time is so effective for breakfast and dinner. Okay. It's super helpful. What about if we are not? Yeah. If they want to pick up, like let's say pick this up, they won't pick it up. We've like grabbed a
4: little. Mm-hmm. and taking it and it's like that feels and then we congratulate him when he's done it but he won't his heart i don't know if it's the action that's more important or getting his it's just a i don't know whether forcing is better
2: mm-hmm. like um. actually <laughs> physically <laughs> making him and taking in the road thank you
0: and if a deal but it yeah
2: we've kind of turned ours into like a game.
3: My kids did the same thing. we like, "Dude, you know, out everywhere!" And it was like, I don't want to do that. And so
0: we got like a little
3: um, like basketball hoop, and we're like, "Okay, let's like chunk everything into the basketball hoop." Like, let's see if we get to five points first. And so they kind of turned it into an activity game where they're cleaning up. They don't really want to. They're cleaning up too, and then like the timer too. And I don't know. Daniel Tiger has, like, saved her household. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the, also, um, like, it's almost time to stop so people have nothing to do. So they really do understand the whole, like, okay, we are going somewhere. I can do this thing one more time, mm-hmm. but then I do have to go, and we have to clean up, and I can even shoot my basket, but then we have to go. Mm-hmm. But turning it into, like, a game or activity, mm-hmm. something where they can win at the end, mm-hmm. like, has really helped my life or even like, uh, if you have a
0: song that you can turn on, put mm-hmm. a song like, oh, this is the cleanup song, and then you practice cleaning up, especially at that age. Because my, my youngest will be three in January. And um, if you practice cleaning up, then the expectation when you say, okay, it's time to clean up, and it's super clear. You're like, okay, that means you go pick up the twins right away and you say, mommy's going to do this, you pick up the books or whatever it is. And then, and, and with, especially like with little boys, You wanna make sure that they're really hearing what you're saying, Um, and so even have them repeat that, like, okay, it's time to pick up, what are we gonna do? We're gonna pick up, and then, um, and then, consequence if they don't do it. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Something been really effective for me because I have an almost three-year-old boy Mm -hmm. and we're in the
5: same thing, is that we have a rule in our house that you're allowed to have three Mm -hmm. activities out, three messes, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but if you get something else out, so they get to choose the mess they, so. Say he has blocks out and he has crayons out and he has Play-Doh out. Well, you can't move on to another activity until you clean up one of your messes. It's your choice which mess you're going to clean up. You can leave the other two out. And, and at the end of the day, we will teamwork clean up two messes. If there's more than three out, he'll say, well, I want to go outside. We well, need to clean up Play-Doh, Legos, or this. He can leave two out. So he gets to choose the mess he wants to clean up. And it's only one. It's not, oh, clean up all three of these before mm-hmm. you bust outside. The house is clean before you bust is. You can leave those out. And then Mommy and JoJo do teamwork at the end of the day. And we clean up those, mm-hmm. those last three messes. But that way it's not twenty messes because that's what it used to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it used to be like, well, it's your choice. All three of them are good options for me. And he has that free will and that choice and control because he's got the mm-hmm. strong will control. Just, I don't really do it because I don't want to. But it's like, okay, you don't want to, but, you know, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. So it's not Mommy's choice. It's your choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it can be yeah. 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 know, away a lot and we just bring out a little.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's a lot easier for them to, like, see a little mess to clean yeah.
3: that and
4: do whole in Yeah. And yeah. to yeah.
3: yeah. 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 kind of touch base on what you were saying with, like, if okay, you clean up your choice, a lot of times, you know, the play area is like... Completely crazy. I'll say, okay, you're gonna pick up your dump truck, your fire truck, mm-hmm. and this one thing. So instead of seeing everything, they go, okay, I have to do yes. like my little checklist so instead of just being
0: blank at everything. They like
3: specific instruction. I feel yeah, it works better. Any other? Well, what time
0: is that?
1: It's, it's um 55. Okay,
0: um, all right. One last question, Are y'all All right, you all have a
4: couple minutes and then you need
1: to go get your kids come out soon. Thanks, thank you. Thank you. That really was seriously very helpful. It's interesting too that everybody is talking about voice.
0: But you know what? But I don't know many. I
1: know, well, that's. I was the strong little girl in the middle between two boys, so I. My boys it, honestly, but I—I I mean, my oldest. It was shocking to hear the Luke. The oldest was the one that, because they are almost always kind, of all, very compliant. They fly under or at least mine flies under the radar. But if he's naughty, it's under the radar. It with you. A I know. I don't remember why.
0: Like I don't want to. another one. You don't know. Well, you don't, of course
1: not. But thank goodness you just um, had the yeah. one yeah. and that he's and then, getting older to understand yeah. you can well you can actually rationalize with them. A big deal. Yeah. that
5: and makes it easier.
1: Okay. yeah, fine, yeah. That makes a huge difference, and then they can put words. And they they just also have experience. You have experience. They have experience. Yeah.
0: We, won. It, we won! Totally. Totally. No, it doesn't make it easier. But um, uh, but at least you yeah. know your method. You know. Yeah. yeah. Or you can yeah.
1: Thank you. So. Seriously, awesome. this was very,
0: very insightful. Oops. I'm not sure if Oh, my gosh, to, oh, oh it. it's mine. It's yours? Are you sure? <gasps> no, it's not. Uh huh. <laughs> and we're all being.